welcome to Killer Conspiracies, a Utah true crime podcast. Today I have a few more segments I wanted to do that I think would be fun for you peeps that listen to my show. Um, But before we get into all that stuff, I want to thank the 22 people that have followed me on Spotify. That really helps. Um, And also... If you haven't, please do follow me on Spotify and rate the podcast five stars. You don't have to write a review. Just give it a five stars and that'll help a lot. Get more people to listen to it. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Cassie for sharing my podcast. That was very cool. And my sister-in-law, Brittany, for giving me nice reviews. Because if you see on the Spotify, there's an interact area. And you can see this was good, this was bad, why do you sound like you're holding your nose, and you sound like you're deaf, that's just my voice. I don't know why I sound like I'm deaf and plugging my nose, it it bugs me just as much. Anyway, so thank you guys for doing that. And my my recommendations is what I was going to say, I'm doing music recommendations, so songs that I found either on the tic-tac or just listen to myself and today is a song about Edmund Kemper the co-ed killer if you like kind of folksy acoustic music uh, the singer is Amigo the Devil and the song is Edmund Temper it's pretty good it's a pretty he's good I will put that I'm gonna start uploading pictures of like not crime scenes but of people And I'll put the music recommendation in there as well. So if you do want to find it, it'll be there. Anyway, and the fact of the day brought to you by my lovely wife, Kayla, who, by the way, doesn't even listen to my podcast. Rude. Doctors treated hysteria through pelvic finger massage in the 20th century. And if you're like, that sounds like, god damn it, I dropped my feet. If you're like, that sounds like masturbation. It was, you know, but, you know, people. Anyway, let's get into the stories today. This is, I'm calling Missing in the Uintas, about people, if you're not from Utah, the Uinta Mountains. I'm going to explain what those are in a second. My sources for today are ClimbUtah.com, Wikipedia, Fox 13, Summit News, KJZZ14. I think it's KJazz, I don't remember, or KJiz, who knows. But if, have you ever been to the Uinta Mountains? I know some of you have that listen, because I've been there with my family, my in-laws. And if you've been there, you know there's a lot of trees, a lot of dense forests, and... I'm sure you can get lost so easily there. And that's what three of the stories are going to be about today. There could be all kinds of untold dangers. Snakes, bears, moose. Who knows? I mean, my family's gone hunting up there. Um, And if it can be dangerous even if you're hiking, especially by yourself, even with other people. There's no cell phone service, and if there is, it's very bad, and you're not going to be able to get help. But if you have a GPS tracker, take that with you and tell people where you're going. Always tell people where you're going if you're going hiking. Even if you're not going hiking, 
Hell, if I walk out to my mailbox, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be like, hey, Kayla, I'm going to the mailbox. Because there's sheep. What if a sheep comes over and eats me? You never know. Anyway, the Uinta Mountains are the highest mountain range in Utah. Trails start over 10,000 feet, nearly 13,000 feet in some areas and peaks. The only road is basically dirt, and it's very quiet up there. And the trees are tall as shit. Anyway, the mountains in northeastern Utah are east to west chain of mountains extending into northwest Colorado, some in Wyoming, a sub-range of the Rocky Mountains, all around about 100 miles together. The highest point is King's Peak. King's Peak. And that is, I believe it was over 13,000 feet. So it's high. It is a very beautiful place to you can go camping, hunting, fishing, riding stuff, hiking. But we're talking about three cases. Two, one of them is about hiking, one's hunting, and one's fishing. So you gotta be careful. September 8th, 2003. Two women went to the Uinas in the morning for a fun hike. Carol Weatherton, 58, from Florida, and her daughter Kim Beverly, 39, who was from Georgia. They had been vacationing in Park City, which is a very posh, stuck-up town in Utah, if you know from here. Don't ever go to Park City. It's expensive and the people suck. Anyway. And I lost my place. Hold on a second. They rented a Jeep Grand Cherokee, and they drove that into the mountains. They were both experienced hikers, both in good shape, but being from the east coast of America, they did not understand Utah's weather and how it can change so fast, especially in the mountains. A U.S. forest ranger met them at the trailhead and warned them that they weren't dressed for the weather in high altitude. And it was 50 degrees that day, but the skies were a little cloudy, didn't look like overcast or anything, and they only wanted to take a short hike to Long Lake, which is a popular area in the Uinas. But before they knew it, the clouds rolled in, dropping the temperature to 33 degrees. The Trail Lake weather station said it was raining and sleet was reported. It stormed heavily for two days, leaving several inches of snow. The two hikers weren't wearing the right clothes, and they did not bring any survival gear. They only had some personal items on them. They had gotten soaked. They tried returning to the trailhead, but became disoriented. The clouds were lower, so they could not see very well. They couldn't... They weren't able to see Mount Watson, a very obvious landmark, much different from Long Lake, about an hour hike from their Jeep. While disoriented, they went further north off course, even though there is a lot of food sources in these mountains. If you're cold and wet and you can't start a fire, then you just, you won't be able to do anything. In September, it can be hot during the day and very cold at night. And that's what we're going through right now. 33 degrees when I woke up, and right now it's hot as shit. 
They lost the trail. The Weber River had overflowed and destroyed some of it. They tried making shelter with pine burrows and rock outcroppings. They did not tell anyone where they were going. Their remains would be found June 4th, 2004. And the next person that we'll be talking about is still missing to this day. 12-year-old Garrett Bardsley from Summit County. He was a happy kid who loved the outdoors and baseball. He wanted to be a missionary when he was older. Last scene he had, he's white. He had brown hair, hazel eyes, and his hair was past his shoulders a little bit. A gap in his front teeth and a birthmark on his right forearm. On the morning of August 20th, 2004, while on a camping trip with the Boy Scout troops, Garrett and his father went fishing. They had been camping from August 19th and were going to go home on the 21st. While fishing, he had gotten soaked and asked his dad if he can go change his clothes at their camp about 200 feet away, called Cooperant Number 1. The troop they were with was in Camp Number 4, not too far away from their camp. I could not find why they were at a different campsite, but either way. His dad, Kevin, had walked the trail with him multiple times so that Garrett would know how to get back and forth if he needed to go back to the camp. His dad even kept an eye on him while he walked up there, shouting directions at him so he could make sure he got there safely. 20 minutes later, Kevin was worried, wondering why he wasn't back yet, but he didn't see him at the camp or on the trail. He then asked the Boy Scouts they were with if they had seen him. They said they never saw him return to their camp or the one he was out with his dad. They then called for help. Over 200 volunteers and search and rescue teams searched into the night of August 21st. He did not have anything with him. No backpack, no supplies. They brought dogs in and searched on horseback and on foot, but eventually only 50 professional searchers continued the search. The only evidence found was one of Garrett's Nike socks a half mile away in a granite boulder field. Summit County Sheriff Dave Edmonds said the sock appears it was taken off a wet foot and was wadded up very consistent with what we know about Garrett. Even though I think everyone I know wants up their socks when they take it off, so I don't know. They suggested that where the sock was found, maybe Garrett was looking for shelter from the cold weather. The temperature had dropped to about 18 degrees the night he went missing. They also said there wasn't enough evidence to suggest a kidnapping. The search lasted nine days and covered three miles from where the sock was found. No other evidence was ever found. The family and friends of Garrett wouldn't stop searching. They went to that specific area two to three times a week until that October. No searches happened after the winter of 2004. There's still no clues where he could be.
and some conspiracies I found online. Of course, people were thinking that the dad did it, because that's what everyone always thinks. My wife just farted, if you heard that. It's okay, please go away. Um. Anyway. There were also some conspiracies of maybe he fell down a cavern or got into a cave, maybe a mountain lion had taken him. But I don't, I don't think that would be the case because I have heard some cases of missing kids that were possibly attacked by mountain lions and they found way more evidence than just a sock and from what I saw there was no blood on the socks or anything. Other theories that he, maybe he was murdered by someone in the Boy Scout troop. But I don't know. Some also have said he could be connected to the other cases of missing people in the wilderness called Missing 411. And I know there are two shows on Hulu, at least they used to be, I don't know if they are still, called Missing 411. And it's pretty good. Garrett would be 30 years old today. Okay, the next story is about a hunter, Carl Crumrine. He was 68 years old. He went missing October 14th of 2019. He was from West Virginia. He traveled to Utah for a hunting trip. There wasn't too much information that I could find about him online. But on the night he disappeared, he was with a hunting party in the Uintas. They got worried about him when, he, when nightfall came and they, they eventually called for help when they couldn't find him. He had left the campsite with his gun and supplies towards Lyman Lake. It was cold and snowing, but Summit County kept searching for a week for Carl, but they didn't find him. Even after the week, some people left because of the conditions. But some of the Summit County searchers kept searching for him. Almost over a year later. Wait, that's actually a year later. I think I might have gotten the dates mixed up. Either way, a hunter on October 14th, 2020, which is what I wrote down. I don't know if that's right or not. He had found human remains. They would be identified as Carl. He did have a survival backpack, his gun, and some other items. His remains were only found a mile away from where the hunting party was camped. The area he was found was densely wooded with lots of fallen trees. His son Paul later said, and I quote, 
I was wondering if we would ever find him, if he had gotten lost. The way he went now, finding out he didn't get lost that night, there is one of the biggest reliefs I had. I definitely feel a great sense of closure. Now that we know what has happened, he didn't get lost. End quote. No official cause of death was released. And it's been almost three, three years. And I don't know if, if that could be, was he murdered by somebody? I mean, he had a gun, so I'm guessing a heart attack. Maybe he went out there, got too worried, or that he was lost. But at the same time, if he had his gun, why not shoot it off into the air, you know? I'm not sure. I looked and looked, but everyone was just, you know, they're saying he was older, he could have had a heart attack, a stroke. Who knows? I couldn't find anything. But at least his family has closure. But I will put images of these victims on my socials. And that's going to be it for today. But I'm planning on doing this podcast maybe every other day or something. Because basically, I'll hear of a story. Because I'm constantly looking up stories. And I mean, I listen to 60 other true crime podcasts. And, you know, if one case sounds good, or maybe it's even from Utah, or I'll read all these books I have. Then I'll be like, fuck it, I'll do a case on this. But if you have any recommendations for cases message me on Instagram or Facebook or email me at killerconpod at gmail.com. That'll be it for today. Toodles, bitches. Thank you.